Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is... Solomon Bloodstone. Fair pass. I'll give you a fair pass there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Joining me today is Solomon Cooper, and we are going to be discussing essentially a buffet of items from the House of Mouse. That's right. We're going to exclusively be discussing... Disney Plus offerings. The I, House of Mouse. I don't know. Yeah, people say that. I've never heard that term be it's used. It's a common cliche thing that people say. Like it sounds like something that would be said, but I've just never heard it be said before. So we're not going to be doing so like recapping so much. We're going to kind of discuss these things. Most of these uh, shows or movies or specials or whatever you want to call them uh, are far enough in that I think we can have an overall discussion about them. We we're, we we have tried to do like episode recaps week to week and. It's just really not very fun or interesting. Okay. You don't agree? I mean, we did them for so long, I, I hold them close in, to my heart. What? Do we do them for so long? We did them for a while. Uh, I, a good bit. My, not my favorite thing in the world. Anyway, but so today we have the big motion picture, I guess, event would be um, the Marvel special presentation of Werewolf by Midnight. I don't werewolf know if, by night. Is it werewolf? Why do you keep saying midnight? Werewolf by night. Um, it is. Well, we'll tell you what it what it's about whenever we get there. Um, it's it's a it's an odd duck because it's it's uh it's. I swore to God I wasn't going to say it's neither fish nor fowl, so I'm not going to say it. Well, you just said it. But it's not a it's not quite a movie. It's not a TV show. It really kind of is its own thing. It's a 50-minute, essentially Halloween special. And yeah. um, so we're going to treat that as the main course, as the main movie for this week. But I did want to discuss briefly uh, where it looks like She-Hulk is ending up and or overall thoughts about She-Hulk. We did kind of briefly touch on it at the beginning, mm-hmm. as well as... Um, and a more in-depth discussion of Andor, which we haven't really talked about at all. So, do you want to start us off with with She Hulk? Like, what are your overall feelings about the show, and how do you feel like they finally got to the point where they're introducing, um, you know, Matt Murdock? Yeah, Daredevil. Um, so I've I've been enjoying it. I'd say, um, pretty fun stuff so far. But I've just heard, just from every single person I've ever met. Or not met how horrible it is. Really? Yeah. Not for me. Well, yeah, not for you. From you, but I mean, I go to school, right? Okay, so you mean children and an adult woman? Who's that? My, te- my teacher. Oh, what does she teach? Uh, nutrition and wellness. Oh my gosh, you shouldn't have said it. Now we can't say any comments about her because people will know who she is. All those internet sleuths. We have so many fans. They'll be sleuthing around, finding That's out who true. your health and wellness I do love is. that teacher. I'm not saying anything rude against her. She's amazing. Okay. Anyway, so all your teachers and your not, friends. No, I just genuinely know so many people who actively dislike it. Do they watch it week to week or do they just watch the first episode and they didn't decide they didn't like it? They anymore? watch it week to week. Okay. So they just hate watch it now. Well, yeah, because they want to see if it's going to be good or not. Um, I think a lot of it is just because they think it's super... It's 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 not going to age well like the cgi like the show itself won't age well like you couldn't watch it again in 2 years 
Why are kids worried about whether a show ages well? They're not care. They don't care about things that happen next week. And they also just find it not funny and uh, less like not creative. Um, and and kind of unfair to Hulk. Just just a lot of things, just a lot of issues on all sides. So are these things that you're saying your friends said, or is this how you feel about the show? I can see where they're coming from, but I also don't care that much to to say anything rude. Like it's like it's for me. It's just a fun show that I watch. It's just like oh, a new episode of this. But I feel like I'm not like super. I'm not as excited to watch She-Hulk as I am to watch Andor. It's well, just kind of no. like I've been watching it. It's a completely different thing, though. Well, I'm not excited as to watch that as I am to watch High School Musical, the musical the series. Closer, okay. Just other shows that I'd rather watch, but I still do watch it because it's still a fun show. About. Well, now I'm just more in, in it for Daredevil. <laughs> poor, poor Jan. It's not that I don't like her. Like I said, I think it's a pretty fun show, and it, it it's pretty funny. Um, I yeah, I think that I've had I've had some issues with the show. Mostly that it, uh, whenever whenever the show is playing itself as a sitcom, that's when it works the best. The show very clearly is pitched as a sitcom. Its trailer was very much like a sitcom, and when it's doing sitcom stuff, it works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it it really works. It starts to strain against itself whenever you start to feel it need to get tied into the MCU overall. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I know everybody loved the part where they introduced Wong, and I, I don't have necessarily an issue with that, but just it's there's parts where it's starting to try and it just feels a little bit like it's stretching itself. Those episodes aren't that funny. Um, I, I, yeah, but for, for the most part, I would say. It's a fun show. I think it's. I. I think it is quite funny. Yeah, and I think that this is something that we can go into. I guess a little bit deeper when we start discussing Andor. But I feel like what's happened now is the MCU is unfortunately, or just Disney in general, with the with their live action properties, Marvel and Star Wars. They've conditioned us to to not watch things just for the story, right? Where essentially people are watching an entire run of a show just to see how it connects to something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not in it for the story. So if you specifically watch these shows for that reason, like, oh, I re- when WandaVision, oh, look who showed up, you know? It's that one girl from uh, Thor. Yeah, 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 You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're watching it to see how these things connect and then hoping for at the end some kind of huge reveal about how oh and then this is how so and so becomes captain america and this is how you know who the new avengers are going to be you know like think about how we watched um uh winter the winter soldier show yeah uh, falcon winter soldier falcon winter soldier you know what i mean every week the internet was going crazy and all of our conversations were like oh who's going to be the shadow broker oh who's going to be this person and the answer to most of those questions was pretty boring you know yeah. what i mean they and they never actually did anything so I don't know if I can necessarily I don't know if I can blame Marvel for what fanboys are doing but at the end of the day they were setting a lot of this stuff up as just how what's the stinger at the end you know yeah 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 and uh, I think that that has made it to where people can't enjoy shows for what they're trying to be I mean honestly a lot of people hated WandaVision really and and the people the people that liked the people that hated it they didn't hate it because it the things that I had issues with which is basically turn into a run-of-the-mill action scene at the end. Mm-hmm. They hated it for the creative stuff it was doing at the beginning. That was the best part. Exactly. And I think that that's the same thing with this She-Hulk show. People are watching it, and there are people that um, apparently are all your friends who are watching it, and they they are wanting to watch a action-y, you know what I mean, Marvel show, and they're kind of annoyed. They're having to watch, like, a, you know rah-rah girl power sitcom i think it annoys them i mean it might but i mean they they they're not just like watching basic boring crap at least i'm using one person in this, as an example i don't know about the rest of the millions i don't know any names you can't name any i'm any not going names. to i wasn't going to no obviously um but this one specific person uh, is watching all the other shows and whatnot but they're actively disappointed in the I don't know, just the the show itself. But that doesn't dis 
prove what I just yeah, said. I don't feel the thing is I just I mean knowing them I feel like it's not just because it's not an action thing. Yeah, but I wasn't trying to say that they're shallow. I'm just trying to say it's not what their expectation was. This show is not what they wanted She-Hulk to be. Okay. You don't you think that they did? Do you think that they love the fact that it's a sitcom? I mean, no, but I don't think they love the fact that it's there at all. I think they'd rather it just not exist. Well, that can't do anything about that. Do they not know that She-Hulk is an actual character? They do. Okay, I'm I'm going to be speaking for this person. Okay. Well, um, that's really, honestly, it's my thoughts. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about She-Hulk. It's a really fun show. I'm glad it exists. Um, it's not perfect, but no sitcom needs to be. Um, and it, I think it's a, a fun addition to the you know, Marvel television universe. I mean, like I said, I already said what I believe. I'm just telling you how I think these other people feel. All right. Well, we have about uh, five minutes left in this segment. And I think it's a good enough place to get started on Andor, finish, and we can finish up after the break. Um, so for the very few people who are listening to this and don't know anything about it, Andor is a, the newest uh, Star Wars show. Uh, it is a it's, a, it's a, it's a really weird beast. It's set, it's a prequel to a prequel, which probably sounds like a, Horrible place to be. A horrible idea, yeah. But um, in this case, two wrongs uh, seem to make it right, especially with when you consider that they were able to get Tony Gilroy to come on. Uh, he's the creator of the Born Identity series. He also wrote Rogue One. And most, um, I don't want to say most importantly, he wasn't really a big Star Wars guy when they brought him onto Rogue One. Mm -hmm. So he fell in love kind of with the universe to an extent when he did Rogue One, you know, he had to get immersed in it and learn about these things. But the key was that when they did Rogue One, they wanted to make a movie that didn't have the force in it that was just about people on the ground, the ground of the rebellion, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Rogue One almost got there, you know what I mean? They, 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 they didn't have Jedis. But at the end of the day, it was a huge blockbuster movie, and they still had, you know, shareholders to worry about. Mm -hmm. So the movie was still about a lot of larger-than-life figures. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people who, or by a lot, I mean, I know two people who, this is their favorite Star Wars movie. Rogue One? Rogue One. It's their favorite Star Wars movie of all of them. All of them. Which I just think is crazy. No offense to Rogue One. I think it's a very fun movie. Yeah. Well, still crazy. Well, Andor uh, is the story of of the lead Andor. character or one of the lead characters in Rogue One, uh, Cassian Andor. And it kind of just, just track, tracks like how he got involved in the rebellion. And yeah, that's, that's kind of all we need to say about the setup of the show. Um, What's really funny is that whenever I was hearing about it and they were like, my dad was like, oh. Trailer for Andor's out. I was like, what in the world? Is, who is Andor? Because his name is just so not recognizable. Well, the character, the biggest problem I have with Rogue One and always have is the two leads are so boring. Jane Erso and Cassian Andor were two of the most boring Star Wars characters I think ever created. Oh, I keep hitting my mic. Uh, and so I was not excited about the show at all. Just so you know, when I say they're boring, I'm not talking about the, saying the actors or performances were were bad or anything. Just their characters? Their characters were just dull. We don't know anything about them really. Mm -hmm. Um, their development is way too fast. You know what I mean? They go from, well, I guess Cassian Andor is already kind of a rebellion hero at this point. But yeah, I just didn't find that there to be anything that interesting about them. And when they inevitably die, spoiler alert for the, you know, 10 year old movie, um, oh trying gosh. to steal the Death Star plans, I just didn't really feel anything. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I didn't cry. I will now. Now I'll cry like a baby. Um, but this actually takes time to let the characters breathe. And I'm curious as to what um, your friends or other people your age, how they're reacting to this show. Because I feel like they could be like almost the opposite reaction as there, as there is to She-Hulk, where either they're just not going to watch it because it seems boring. They love it. Oh, they do. They love it. This is like the best show ever made because it's it's new, it's fresh, it's different, 
and they're doing something that we haven't seen a whole lot in Star Wars. What What do you mean by that? It's we're. I, mean, I don't disagree. I just want to know what you specifically mean. I just feel like we're we're like well, you've said this before, but we're focused on these middle people and the the environments themselves just feel different. You know, they don't feel like classic Star Wars. Like when you look at it, it's like oh. I'm I'm in Star Wars. It feels like I'm in a. I mean, you still kind of feel those hints of Star Wars, but like, it's different. I don't know why. Just everything about it feels just like a great sci-fi show. Yeah, I mean, with the aesthetic, it, it, did you ever see the original Born Identity movies? No. I know that he didn't direct those, uh, even though he cr- kind of created the universe and wrote them, um, but. It's it they're they're like espionage thrillers, and that's what these are. So, what you know, we need to take a break actually. So let's let's <laughs> let's put a pin in that. We'll be right back after uh, these words from our sponsors, and we'll keep discussing Andor. Frozen, frozen heroes. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything. And, and basically, I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> Frozen, Frozen, heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes. Gonna tell you about. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, Grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. (laughs) All right. Go ahead. Welcome back to the Kids Days in the Podcast and our discussion of Andor. So what I was saying is whenever what you were describing is like the aesthetic, how it doesn't necessarily look like Star Wars or feel like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The movie is trying to be a great espionage show? thriller. Sorry, sorry, the show is trying to be a great espionage thriller first versus trying to be a great Star Wars movie, whatever that would mean. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that the that has alleviated a lot of the problems that's been saddled around all of um these different star wars most more recent star wars projects yeah uh you you find rise of skywalker with them trying to be the most epic ending to a trilogy it's like star wars Endgame, but if it wasn't good yeah and then you with book of boba fett i honestly couldn't even tell you exactly what they thought they were doing but they're all trying to be the best or the coolest or the whateverest Star Wars thing first, yeah. Instead of picking what they were what trying they to do and what the story is, mm-hmm. and with this with Andor, 
you feel that. Also, he he refused to shoot in the volume, so that's another reason it's going to look a lot different than the other shows. Uh, I think the volume is an amazing piece of tech. I love the fact that they have it. It's the vo- oh, the volume's a big circle thing. The big yeah, the big the CGI big set yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So he refused to shoot in the volume, and he also wanted to shoot on like on location in several different countries. Mm-hmm. And they said okay, they let him do it. Yeah, and you can feel it. It, oh god, it's so good. It's it, the 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 settings are so tactile, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other big thing is it's twelve episodes instead of just eight or ten. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. The episodes tend to run a bit longer. I, I've noticed than the Mandalorian episodes do. Yeah, uh, Mandalorian's a completely different beast. I still think Mandalorian's we, great. We love all these. We love most of these shows. We love Star Wars. Um, no, nope, don't. I'm sorry. me is saying I love most of these shows. I'm not saying that. I mean, I mean, I'm saying we we love Rebels and Clone Wars and all that. We're not saying we don't like love the thing. Um, it's just this show is different. Yeah, but I would say that I actively don't like, like Boba Fett. Boba Fett, and I barely like the Obi Wan show. That's fair, but I'm not. That's not what I was talking about when I meant the shows. Well, I think that I don't have. To, I don't feel the need to give my Star Wars. I'm just bona letting them know. Just letting them know again. Because I know that I love Star Wars, and I'm just like saying that it's like it's not like I'm saying like, oh, I'm so glad this show is so different and far away from all these other things. I'm saying, why? I see what you're trying to say. Yeah, you, just by saying that you appreciate the fact that it's different doesn't mean that you don't like the original thing. Well, yes, I know. I'm just, but I would terrifying. S- I would say that uh, as heretical as it might be, as far as just being like objective, this might be the best star wars thing ever made it might be yeah now it couldn't exist without the other things and mm-hmm. i still love the other things i don't want the other things to be this thing yeah but might be though <laughs> yeah um so one of the things let's let's kind of start with the obvious and you already kind of touched on it so it's a good uh you know kind of entry point into this what one of the things that makes it you know the show so different is that it actually is doing the thing that Rogue One said it was going to do. So in Rogue One, they said, oh, it's going to be about middle managers. It's going to be about the little people on the ground. It's going to be about whatever. But it really wasn't really. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The bad guy was General Krennic. He was a general, right? Or Admiral Krennic? Yes. Whatever. You could say he's a middleman, but not really. He's just as middleman as any other Imperial officer we've seen. He seems very high ranking. Mm-hmm. He has a cape. He gets to hang out with Darth Vader. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's like Thrawn. So basically they, they just try to act like because he's not Darth Vader, it's middle management. It's kind of that's phony baloney. Yeah, it's like what? Also, Darth Vader was in the movie. So, yeah. Um, and then the middle, then the people on the ground were uh, famous rebel hero, Saul Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Not just a nobody. Um, at this point, Cassian Andor, like I said before, was already a big person. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane Erso is the son of a prominent Imperial scientist. Son? Sorry, Jane Erso is the daughter of a prominent Imperial scientist who invented basically the Death Star canon. Yeah. These are not nobodies yeah. historically. Um, just within the world. Right. Yeah. So... This show actually is about the tiny little people. The tiny little people. One of the first people we meet is, um, and I still don't know if he's going to end up being bad or or good or whatever, but he's an uptight, you know, stick up his butt, associate inspection like an agent for like a what what was it a steel yard company or a. I don't know what kind of company it is. Salvage Yard, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's like an inspector, like one of those guys who everybody hates if you've ever had to work in construction or anything, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The guy who comes in and makes sure that your safety standards are, you know, in check. And um, you find out everything you need to know about him just whenever the guy makes a comment about asking him very sarcastically, his boss asking him if he had his, like his work jumpsuit tailored. Like they're supposed to be wearing like, Big overalls, yeah, yeah, and he's had his tailored, so mm-hmm. it fits more snugly, and he looks more professional. 
you that just tells you everything you need to know about this try hardy all in one scene like yeah just one conversation you get to see everything about him yep and amazing by the way yeah and then all the other people are just people that kind of work in this little you know salvage town mm-hmm. they're not anybody big um and casting andor is not really anybody big he's at all he's just some good buddy who steal stuff and sells it on the black market. Yeah. And um, this through line never goes away. I was kind of thinking that maybe it was going to be, oh, after the first couple episodes, then I'm sure they're going to break their own rules. And you know what I mean? But do do you like who's the who would you say is the most high powered person that we've seen in this show? That those people that you already named. And that isn't high. What people that I already named? I guess there's the, there's those there's those uh, like imperial people. Yeah, but again, I. But even those guys aren't high. Yeah, they're they're straight up like imperial middle management, right? They're mm-hmm. like low level lieutenants in um, what is their? I can't remember the name of their office, but it's essentially uh, their job is to monitor if any rebellious activities are happening, right? And then go squash them. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, those two characters or three characters, I guess their, their officer <laughs> yeah. would be the highest, but he's definitely like a, you know, very much like a middle, not maybe middle manager, maybe a, you know, a director. Yeah. Project director. But even then he doesn't really believe that there's a rebellion happening. He thinks they're already too good. The people that are, do believe that there's something brewing. Yeah. They're just like little lieutenants that. You know, they step and re- do reports all night. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything fun. And if you think about it, I don't know how many spy movies you've seen, but the modern spy movie has really tried to focus a lot on how spycraft works. And a lot of that is going through reports, going through files, studying evidence, sitting in offices, staring at computer screens. You know, it's a lot more of that than acting like James Bond. Of course. So a lot of modern spy movies have focused on those things, and now they just took that and put Star Wars on it. Yeah, they they're a spy movie first and Star Wars second. Yeah, that's what I said. You just now you're just quoting me from five minutes ago. Did you say that? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. Well, then that's what I meant. That's what I meant. I meant to call it back. Um, you didn't say that exactly. Yes, I did. I said it's an espionage thriller first. But you didn't say second. Didn't, you didn't say Star Wars. In a second. Star Wars movie second. You didn't say that. Yes, I did. Well, I like I said, it's a callback. I called back you. Um, Quote well, from Trey Cooper. I feel like your energy levels dipping. Is there some other aspect of this that you wanted to discuss? That we're not getting into. My energy levels not dipping. Oh, I feel like it's dipped. It, it is. It is peak. Pl- it is actually pl- plummeted. It's peak energy right now. Woo. <laughs> so. So that was the weirdest laugh I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I was curious about is, so the, the, do you find or do your friends find people that are your age um, that, that do they feel like the show is slow, but they're willing to put up with the slowness to get to the cool action parts? Because there's only been one big action scene in the movie so far, mm-hmm. show so far. And I assume that next week's episode or this week's episode will be the action scene for this run of episodes, right? It's like one, two, three, action, one, two, three, action. Seems like it's the cadence. Okay. 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 Yes, I'm following. That was a weird response to that. So, um, like I said, do you feel like people, the people that are your age are watching the show, kind of slogging through the, the episodes no. they think are boring and mm, then... No way, because whenever I, whenever because I, we don't like have like a huge long discussions about it, um, like, like such right now. Um, we're not having podcasts like such. Um, so we just kind of have a chat about it cause we know we're also in school and we're busy people. We don't have a whole lot of time. Sure. 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 We're sure. probably way more busy than you've ever been cause we're just busy people. I've been in school before. <laughs> um, so yeah, but whenever I talked to them, I was like, Hey, have you seen Andrew yet? And they're like, Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it's not even like, it'll be like what happened like yesterday. We didn't see any crazy action yesterday, did we? Or not yesterday, last episode. Right. Um, There's no action. Yeah, it was just... The closest thing to action we got is a TIE fighter flew over them. Mm-hmm. A man jerked a necklace off of another man. 
probably a fear that you have every day. I do have a lot of necklaces. Um, actually, I'm basically wearing what that guy's necklace was that was ripped off of him. Yeah, he's wearing a kyber crystal for those of you who are not watching. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're always like super excited. They're like it's so good, best thing ever made, best Star Wars IP. Um. And so yeah, I feel like everyone's just enjoying the ride, not even. And and I'm not saying that I want people to everybody to be thinking about these things, but do you think that they know what it is that is making this show so special, or they just know it when they see it? I don't. I mean, know. I'm genuinely just curious here. I don't care. I mean, I could ask. No, you don't need to ask. I just like I'm just I, saying. Like I can't tell because, like I said, I'm not like I, like we're not having really conversations like that. Well, I'm not expecting everyone like people to be like. Oh, you know what makes this better or, is, or makes it feel more whatever it's that it's shot on location. That's a huge thing. It's like it's like practical effects. Practical effects became a huge buzzword um, in the industry over the last like 10, 15 years because everything had been CGI for so long. Right. Mm -hmm. So every blank wordy movie that's coming out, like the remake of The Thing or the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, they would all just be like, and we want to be very clear. We're going to be only using practical effects. You guys come over and watch them. Practical, practical, practical. And everyone would be like, oh, my God, it's going to be amazing. They're only using practical effects, not one of those crappy CGI movies. And guess what? Those movies still suck. So that's a little tangent just to say that shooting on location isn't, you know what I mean? It's not, like it's not the, the savior like crappy key. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, but even then, that's like kind of a, a very specific thing. So I'm not expecting people to be talking about that. But is it like, are people noticing like how much time they're giving for these actors to create performances? Like these performances are so well done and so lived in that they're just kind of riveting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The characters, you believe them, you believe that they exist and they're not just archetypes and it makes it compelling to watch, to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I mean. Like, or is it just kind of like, I don't know why, but stuff. This, this is, Star Wars this show is, is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel like it's probably a mix of both. You know, I think they know some things, and they're like, okay, this is great. I this is obviously amazing. And then other things are just like, ugh, mind boggled just by, yeah, it. But I'm sure they are aware of what makes it great, somewhat. Sure. Well, um. We're about out of time to talk about Andor, and fortunately, because I could talk about it forever, and we will probably talk about it. We'll probably have several other episodes where we talk about it. Yeah, because we're only on episode like what five, six now. Yeah, it'll so be six. it'll be six. So whenever, yeah, every every couple episodes we'll check back in. Yeah, um, but I do want to call out um, um, Diego Luna. Is that Diego Luna is the lead? No, it's not Diego Luna. Is it? That's what you said earlier. Yeah, it is. I don't know for sure. Uh, I, I I I just doubted myself. Um, Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. What's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. 
You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. I feel like I was gushy enough. All right, I'm going to bring us back. You're going to bring us back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Welcome back to the Kids Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of Werewolf by Night. Good job. You said it right. Uh, so, as I said at the beginning, Werewolf by Night is uh, it's an odd duck. It's a 50-minute long. Neither fish nor fowl. <laughs> So now you're literally just stealing all my lines. Well, you didn't say it. You said you didn't want to say it. So it it's it's not a TV show. It's not a TV show pilot. Um, and it's not quite feature film length, right? It's 50, 50 minutes. So it was released as a special. That's just what it says, right? A Marvel special. Yeah. And I tell you what. I, I tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> I... Uh, I had an argument with somebody where they were like, oh, I wish it would have been like 40 minutes longer so that it could have gone to theaters. I'd love to see the big screen. I agree. It's gorgeous. Love to see it. Really pretty. See it on the big screen. Um, And then he was like, oh, I wish that it was like four episodes. You know what I mean? All these things. Wishes and wishes and wishes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing that we need to learn about wishes, people. It's a monkey paw. They're always, there's always a monkey paw little catch to them. Even genies. There's always some trick they're going to do. Stop wishing for things. (laughs) Because they'll grant them to you and it will backfire. So what's what's the case? What's the issue? I would say that while would I love to see 40 more minutes of this exact same quality, exact same production level, exact same everything that made the movie better? Of course. Sure. But we wouldn't have gotten that. If they were going to do a theatrical release, they would have not allowed him to do it in black and white. They wouldn't allow it to be as violent. as violent. They wouldn't allow it to be as campy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They would have changed. They would have asked for so many changes, and we wouldn't have got because what we got, in my opinion, is a fifteen-minute miracle. Fifty fifty-minute miracle. It shouldn't exist, but it does. But it does, and I think for what it is. It's absolutely perfect. So stop wishing for more, you greedy blankety blanks. <laughs> um, well, what would the issue be if it was a show? Again, filler. What, why does it need to be a show? I'm not. What's I, the story? Just, they just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Same. It would be the same thing. It'd be a bigger budget. There'd be all these different requirements. They'd be trying to tether into it. All this story needed was this little story. You don't need. And How's look, it going to tie into the MCU guys? Yeah. Who cares? Oh, you're asking that as a joke? Yes. <sighs> maybe we got my blood pressure going. <laughs> really? Yes, maybe so irate. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, I just now just realized I went on a three-minute rant about how much I love this thing, and I didn't even tell anybody what it is. So do you want to do the honors? <laughs> no. What? Just give, tell us, give us an idea what it is. Give us a little synopsis. Okay. Um. So you're so rude. How? This is the easiest synopsis because ever. Because the synopsis is going to end up being too long or something because there's literally a whole, the beginning of it is a big guy explaining to me what's happening. Just give a quick synopsis. There's, there's not, he gives us a quick Okay. So there's a, there's a big death within the monster hunting community. Um... There is an item that helps with monster hunting, and basically, there is a, how should I describe it? It's like a, it's like a hunt battle royale. Like you have to, you're having to hunt the monster, but also hunt the hunters. And basically, if you kill the monster. The hunters don't have to hunt each other, though. 
You, they don't, but you have to survive. Yeah. Um, and if you kill the monster, you get the bloodstone. The bloodstone, which was my name today. Um, and that is it. Okay. You so get a stone for killing a monster. I would have made it a little bit shorter, but not not bad. I would have just said this is a movie about a group of monster hunters who are all gathered together to try and hunt one monster and over the course of one evening and it's modeled loosely after the aesthetics of a 1930s horror movie. You know, classic universal horror movies like Wolfman, um, Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. Would you not agree? I would agree. Why are you making that weird face and then tickling yourself in the middle of my, my <laughs> sentence? Was it tickling myself? Um, I haven't seen those movies and from the 1930s, but I... Can... You've seen clips of them. You you know what the vibe is. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a movie. It's shot in black and white. There's, um, I don't... Is it shot in black and white? What do you mean? Well, there's there's color. There's a red color. Okay. The whole movie. Okay. It's in black and white. Except for one thing. Except for two things. Two. The monster's eyes are red and the bloodstone is red. So anything red. Just those two things. But that's like saying, is Schindler's List really in black and white? That little girl's dress is red. Dumb. Is it always red? The girls, the little girl's dress is I'm always saying, red. Is it always red that's not black and white in these black and white things? No. Because that's what it's starting to feel like. Oh, my God. Anyway. So the movie's in black and white, and they added, I don't know, I, I assume that they added it in post. I'm, I can't imagine they shot it on film, but maybe they did. I um, wish. But they added, they definitely had like cigarette burns, you know what I mean? The yeah, scratches. Yeah, like a little white circle in the top right that kept popping up, or it was like an oval. Yeah, that's like a cigarette burn, or a burn, not a cigarette burn necessarily, but like sometimes film gets damaged mm-hmm. where it would burn on the projector bulb. Yeah. You know what I mean? And film gets scratched. That's what yeah. all the other stuff is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All that artifacting. So it's designed to feel like you're someone found an old reel, you know what I mean, of an old horror short film from the 30s, mm-hmm. and you're watch, getting to watch it. Yes. The credits are like that, costuming, the sets. Um, and I want to I, I wanna emphasize one thing as far as just the production design goes. A, absolutely gorgeous. But B, it doesn't do this thing like Rob Zombie's Munsters movie does <laughs> where uh, where it's like, well, it all looked kind of hokey and cheap back then and fake. So it doesn't matter if it looks hokey and cheap and fake now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what they were going for in the 1930s. When they made those movies, they were serious. These were real sets. And sure, to us, they look more theatrical than what we have now. You yeah. know what I mean? But these still, that's what they did here. These sets do look like sets. Right, mm-hmm. it feels like you're on sound stages to an extent, but it doesn't ever feel cheap. It feels like a real constructed place. Yes, and they weren't ever just going for oh, this can look cheapy. Yeah, you know, because that these other movies are hokey and we're kind of doing campy thing. I was actually going to make a joke saying about how this movie thing didn't look like goofy enough for its fake age. Because I obviously I didn't like fully I didn't believe it or anything. I just thought it'd be funny if I was just like, "This movie looks way too good for the 1930s." <laughs> well, you haven't seen these movies. These movies are like very well done. These, you know, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. I'm, I'm sure. So and gorgeous. Um, so we're gonna have to unfortunately go through this pretty quickly because we started gushing t- for too long. No, I mean it was fine. I only was gonna do one segment on it on each one of the things, but I wasn't spent planning on spending that much time on She-Hulk. Um, but anyway, so as somebody who you said, you've never seen any of these 1930s movies, or 1940s, 50s movies. Um, Young did you have any issues like kind of getting into the vibe of the movie or, I mean, you know enough about movies. You do do a movie podcast. You've seen a that. lot of things because they weren't just riffing on 1930. I think the aesthetic was definitely 1930s, but they were doing more than just that. You know, you've seen Vincent Price movies and there was a lot of Vincent Price in there, especially the beginning when the guy's corpse has been turned into an animatronic. That was cool. That's very much like out of Vincent Price. Vincent Price is the House of Wax. Remember if you remember that movie at all? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I haven't seen that in a long time. But you've seen it. Anyway, Ugh, bringing back my old years. Go ahead. Um I I I I was able to hop right on in. Um 
it was it was a lot of things I thought was really what I loved, probably like my favorite part of the whole movie, which I know is just weird, was that the very beginning, like voice, was it be a voiceover? I don't remember if it was a voiceover or crawl. It's basically, yeah, it's basically like a crawl, but it, the guy is talking yeah. and you're learning about the whole thing. That was probably like my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> what? I don't know why. I don't know why. I just loved, I don't, like, it wasn't like the rest of the movie wasn't good. It was your favorite part of the whole movie. What else would be my favorite part of the whole movie? I don't know, man thing. That's yeah, sure. That was cool. It was great. But I just I for some reason that really instantly was just like Definitely sets the tone, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it instantly like grabbed me and I was like, Oh, this is actually gonna the be The font really, and everything really looks fun. straight up like it was from And the voice. Yeah, and the yeah. The voice I don't agree. felt like ah, it just everything about that really got me going. Um, what did you think though about like the fact that it ended up being pretty violent? I would say it probably had Dude, to be rated R. Rated R. I, I mean, maybe because it's black and white, it could be PG-13, but... There was, like, no blood. Yeah, there is. There's blood. Well, there, towards the end. A yeah. guy gets his arm cut off. A guy gets shot through the chin, like, through the neck and chin. The arrow was sticking out of his mouth. It was sticking out of his mouth? Yes. I didn't even notice it was sticking out of his mouth. Yeah, it just, for, for some reason, I guess it didn't really, like, think, think it was, like, too gory. Well, not for us, but for a Marvel movie. For a Marvel movie, though, it was crazy. Um... Like the uh, Snuffleupagus monster, he would like burn. I don't know why you keep calling Snuffleupagus. He looks like Cthulhu. Yeah, but he looks like Snuffleupagus. No, he doesn't. He, and he was nice. Like his name is Ted. This is what he calls him. He's man thing. His name is Ted. By the way, I want to full disclosure. I didn't. I purposely didn't look up anything about this because I wanted to just experience it for what it was. So I, I didn't know who didn't. Elsa Bloodstone was. I didn't know who Jack, whatever his name is, Jack Russell. And I didn't know who Man-Thing was. So whenever Man-Thing appeared, I was just like, this is amazing. It's this cool Cthulhu-looking monster. I loved him. I instantly was like, oh, he's so cute. He is so cute, but he, he looks he's like a little Cthulhu minion. He is. And just like Snuffleupagus. I don't know if, if maybe Snuffleupagus looks like Cthulhu or Cthulhu looks like Snuffleupagus. He doesn't even, he walks, he has arms and legs. Snuffleupagus is a hairy elephant. He just doesn't even have any hair. He was, he looked like leafy. Oh my gosh. Whatever, whatever. Um, it was shockingly violent. Like, whenever he murders that, my favorite character was the uh, the guy who sounded like a dwarf. Yeah. He was he was my favorite character. Um, but he, like, burns his face. Like, he grabs him by the head and burns it. Yeah, so he, so he kills everybody. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, well, before we run out of time, we have to... Uh, you get to the werewolf of the picture. So apparently somebody said that the trailer for the movie spoiled them that Man-Thing was in it. I didn't know who Man-Thing was, so I didn't get that. So the show's called, or the movie's called Werewolf by Night. So the whole time I was thinking they're hunting a werewolf. Yeah. Is that what you thought? Um, yes. Yeah. And then it wasn't until the monster first appears, you kind of realize not the case. And also I wasn't really 100% thinking they're a werewolf. I just kind of wasn't really thinking about it at all. I didn't really think about the title. <laughs> okay. I know that's weird, but whenever I clicked, I was just like, okay, I'm watching the movie. And I just thought Werewolf by Night was just like a fun, like, little, like... Well, I definitely assumed they were hunting a werewolf. And... Uh, but once I found the monster, I didn't assume anything. You didn't assume that that was the monster? Well, I did. I did. I just didn't assume there was going to be a werewolf in the movie. Well, yeah, I just knew that they weren't hunting a werewolf anymore is what I'm saying. Okay. Um... So anyway, it turns out that our lead, I believe his name is, is it Jack Russell? I, yes. I mean, that's not his character name. That's not his character name? Or sorry, that is his character name, not his actor, not his real life name. What's the actor's name? Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Yeah. And uh, Elsa's Laura Donnelly, just for people so they can know. Uh, they both did great. Well, Jack Russell's character turns out to be the werewolf. I mean. Or Jack Russell. Yes. Yeah, he, yeah, he turns out to be the the werewolf. And they capture him, and then all the remaining, you know, monster hunters are there. They have him in a cage. And um, it all is building up to the inevitable scene where he's going to turn into a, a werewolf. And it turns out that what he does is he actually helps. He's a monster hunter, but he also helps monsters if they're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And since he's a werewolf, he normally locks himself up every full moon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Make sure he doesn't hurt anybody. Et cetera, et cetera. And all the kills he says that he's ever gotten were when he was a werewolf. Yeah. So the only reason I bring that up is because 
I want to talk about the transformation and slash attack scene there. A, really violent, much more violent than a movie would have been in the 30s or 40s or 50s even. Mm-hmm. Um, but I cannot get over what an amazing job they did just because, again, I think it's the constraints that they had and it's the constraints that they kind of wanted. Um, they could have used CGI, added some CGI in there, done some super expensive, elaborate transformation effects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've seen that before. Stunning decision to just do the transformation in shadow. That's what I thought. I knew you're going to say that because it was so great. Yeah, it was amazing. It looked so good. Absolutely fantastic. It was so. This movie was so well shot, and we didn't even talk about the director. It's uh, is it Michael Giacano. Um, he is yes. He's known to Giacchino. most of you. Giacchino. I don't know. Whatever. I can't pronounce his name. Either way, he's the guy who wrote this amazing score for The Mandalorian. So yeah. he's not a he's not a director. He's a uh, film Genius. composer, film and television composer. And this is so well directed with such a clear vision that um, I just I honestly cannot express how much I loved this. I just felt like it was such a special thing, and it's so well paced that I could watch it over and over again. You know what I mean? I'll have it on in the background every Halloween. This will be my Halloween thing that I for sure watch, and I will. It's a great thing to have just playing on your TV on loop in the background for your Halloween party. Yeah. Obviously watch it first. Um, and you can do that. But and, and if hopefully we didn't off put anybody by talking about how violent it is. It's not this Like I, I said, I didn't it wasn't like horribly gory. It wasn't like I was gonna sickly You should be aware if you're gonna watch it with your five year old, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I like, would say that even like if, if your kid is well adjusted and you let them watch anything, this is a great first quote unquote horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a horror this is not what anybody would consider horror, it's not scary. Yeah. But if you were, it's a good baby's first intro to like, you know what I mean, the horror universe. Yeah. Anyway, I'm kind of rushing because we're a minute over time now. But thank you guys so much for listening to us. Tuning in, uh, yeah. watching, whatever y'all are doing. Um. Oh, I just want to give, uh, I'm going to give uh, Werewolf by Night nine, nine full moons oh, out of ten. Oh, shoot. I have to rate it? Quick, quick, quick. We're over time. Oh, I didn't, I didn't. All right. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll go a nine as well. Nine Snuffleupaguses out of ten. All right. That's our show. Until next time. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.